Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with one rental at a time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag one rental at a time. Now on with the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, one rental at a time. It is the three amigos, and we are going to talk about something that uh, lots of people like and some people hate, and that is the Section 8 program. Uh, It is something where it's actually a federal government program that was started in the Great Depression uh, that allows uh, tenants to have the government pay portion, if not all of their rent. All three of us now have Section 8 tenants. Uh, We've had different levels of experience. And uh, let's just say they're not all great. Uh, So let's welcome Dion first to the show. How you doing, man? Howdy, doing great. Ready for round two. Awesome. And Matt, how are you? I'm super awesome. Excited to talk about this one for sure. There you go. Well, let's go to Dion first. Dion, as I understand your strategy, you look to balance risk. And one of the risks that you look to balance is basically your rental income. You have some Section 8, some cash. Uh, you have some um, basically military. You, you're basically divide or you know taking your pie of renters and dividing it up. Do I have that correct? You do. That's one of the diversifying strategies that I use. The first awesome. one is keeping small multifamily spread out, you know, more than 10 miles apart in your economic drivers. The second one is diversifying the tenant base by like one third military, one third section eight, one third working or retired. Perfect. And before I get attacked in the comments, yes, it would be illegal in most places to run an ad that says section eight only, military yep. only, working or retired only. But I control where I advertise. Mm-hmm. If I want a military tenant and I advertise on base, who do you think I'm going to get? If I call the housing authority and I say, I have a unit coming available on Tuesday, let your tenants know, here's the listing. Who do you think I'm going to get? So that's what I can do to do that. Yeah, Control where you market. Right. So I want to clear up one major misconception Mm -hmm. and then point out two things that might help people that decide to go with Section 8. Mm -hmm. The first major misconception is a lot of times when people have a problem with the Section 8 program, they think it's the tenants. Mm -hmm. The property attracts the tenants not the funding source. I have Section 8 tenants that have never had a problem that have 830 credit scores. I have other friends who have nightmare tenants who aren't Section 8. If I've ever had a a problem with Section 8, it's the housing authority in that county. Mm. There's a big difference between Section 8, the voucher program, and low-income housing. Low-income housing attracts people who have a low income. Section 8 housing attracts people who have a fixed income. So retired veteran, disabled person, somebody who has that set money coming in where they qualify for the program. Mm -hmm. So your property is going to attract good tenants or bad tenants. If you buy in a war zone, probably not going to get good tenants. I have tenants living in a house on a lake with basketball and tennis courts and private boat launch, raising four kids that would probably not have the opportunity to live in a situation like that unless an owner provided a house because they pay the area average rent. So I'm getting the area average rent, $2,200 a month for that, that house in that area. So for me, it's a great program. That's, that's the misconception. It's not low-income housing. It's fixed-income housing. Um, and then we'll go to Matt because I'm going to save my two tips to make it easier to work with Section 8 until the end. Yeah. So Matt, we'll go to you. you uh, you've entered Section 8 
basically after the three of us started talking like hey these guys do it they've had decent experiences uh you dipped your toe in the last six months or so and um it's not been a lot of fun <laughs> tell us more tell us why um so yeah i mean i think we're always looking to diversify and i think that you know for a long time we were uh we did a lot of student housing and student housing was awesome for us you know that was something that so many other people are afraid to do mm -hmm. but as you guys know what we always tell people is do the work figure it out for yourself talk to a lot of people and quite frankly see if they're just doing it wrong that's always on the on the table and so what i've largely seen with you know other uh, landlords doing student housing was they were always giving these kids like, oh, well, you're just lucky I'll rent to you unit. And I hate that. And so we have plenty of kids that go to the University of New Hampshire that come from nice backgrounds and beautiful homes. And I mean, some of these homes that some, I've seen some of these kids come from, I'm like, like that blows the doors off my house. Like that's, <laughs> you know, I'm, that's impressive. And Damn. so, yeah, I'm, yeah, exactly. And you're like, you're like, you better never be late on rent. Yeah. Um, you know, I know. But, but just kind of looking at some of those scenarios. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, we did that, we did that and we would still do our same, you know, cabinet, granite countertop, you know, tile floors, you know, really make a very nice place. And to Dion's point, we never had any issue with college kids. We just didn't, we never had any issue with them whatsoever. And in fact, they would respect being told no as opposed to an adult being told no they oh, would respect the no a lot more than the adult would just like well you know i kind of know better well yeah it's kind of my house so uh, i kind of make the rules so yeah. mm, too bad mm. um and so but the the kids to their credit you know it's been a huge win for us and we also get you know over well over market rents because uh, i did the math and i showed them the math on what it is to rent from the university mm. But on the section eight side, again, it was, hey, let's get diversified. Let's do, you know, we're getting up in unit count. We have, didn't have any, we never advertised um, that we wouldn't do section eight. We just always had so many people that would come in mm -hmm. that we never had to take the program that was paying less. Right. Um, and so it was, you know, based on what had happened in the, in the great, not in the great recession in this, in this last, uh, you know, with the moratorium, I said, you know what, let's try, let's try it. Yeah. With a few, I bought a couple of units, um, had a section eight tenant and, um, I am firmly convinced that that landlord sold because of that tenant. She was that bad. So you inherited this tenant. I inherited this tenant. Yep. So do you still have her? Um, sort of. So I do still have her, okay. but, um, we've reached a level of understanding. Got it. Okay. And so the first, it was just kind of like, we do what we can to accommodate and, you know, do the things for them. Mm -hmm. But within 30 days, I saw very quickly that she just worked this other guy, like a nine to five. He shouldn't have been a landlord. Right. Every little whip stitch. She was like, well, I need this and I want this and this needs to be done. And that needs to be done. And it was like, like Dion and I, you know, talk about often when it comes to, you know, getting a handyman out on site. If it's a doorknob or if it's like a, a you know, like a, a hinge on a cabinet, if it's a piece of trim that, you know, broke or something like that, I'm not sending a handyman out to fix that right now. We're going to wait until we have two or three little things. Yep. We'll get them out there. That way I can hire them for the day. I can give them a good day rate and they mm -hmm. can just kind of bang out things in the list. Okay. And she was just, I mean, like literally guys, every other day it was something. And I'm like, 
And it was every other day. And I'm just like, listen, you stop, stop. You need to stop. These are all things that I took over when I bought the house. They were mm-hmm. all problems then. Mm-hmm. There'll be all things that I'll, re- that I'll remedy, but I'm taking care of life safety stuff first and then we'll work our way down the list. Yeah. So yeah, just so far, it, I think the thing that I can say best is that it's just, they, there's an attitude of entitlement and no self-help. Mm. Now, this light seems- bulbs. Yeah. Light bulbs. Yeah. So I've seen that. I, I talk about using the binder method, but waiting two months when you inherit oh, yeah. so that you have a screening period, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And there's three things that I'm checking for. Yeah. Do they pay rent on time? Yep. Do I get noise complaints? Yep. And do they call me for super trivial things? Exactly. So section eight or not section eight. Correct. That's a screening because I didn't get to do a background check. I didn't Correct. get to do any kind of screening with them at all. Correct. Mm-hmm. Right. Correct. Well, I mean, I think so. Here's where what you what what you uh what you talked about in the very beginning, Dion, which was there are different groups that do section eight in the different counties. And there is one County that I largely will not do business with uh, or one city, which I will largely not do business with because their representative sucks. She never gets back to me. She's non-responsive. She always takes the tenant's side, regardless of what the issue is. And she never, she's the one in charge of pressing the button. She never pays on time. Mm. ever ever pays on time meanwhile the other city that i'm doing business in she's been wonderful Mm. she's been wonderful and so even when i get units in that other person's city i give them to the other person because i'm like you actually handle this stuff now what was great about that tenant that was all the problems that first 30 days was we had the conversation which was i just said to the to, to the housing authority i said i don't have to rent to you I don't have to. I, I have the I exact same experience. I'm in two counties. And uh, just in case they're ever watching, Thurston County, Washington, amazing. That's where my Section 8 housing uh, people are. I'm not going to say the other name of the county and the housing authority sucks, but the only other county that I invest in is Pierce County, Washington. Got it. Understood. <laughs> so I was, there you go. I didn't say they suck. I just said I won't have any there. Exactly. So learn your housing authority. In most places, it's Absolutely. a housing authority. Some, it might be a nonprofit. <laughs> yeah, so it's interesting, Matt. When I go back to your pain, again, not to... not to um, Feel free. Go for it. I don't know what right the word is. Not to trivialize it. Mm-hmm. But again, you didn't select this tenant. You inherited it. Yep. There's, there's a lot in that. <clears throat> yep. um, so that one sounds bad. No, no question. Have yep. you had other... like t- Talk about an experience in the other county. Um, has it been equally horrific or you just have one that you like to cry about? So now we have, so now we have probably uh, six or seven. Okay. Um, and um, the, one of them is, one of them is fantastic. Fantastic. Great tenant. They've okay. been, they've been wonderful. Okay. Um, another one also fantastic. Also wonderful. Um they're, they're, they are, they're retired, they're retired age, retirement age. And so they're on the fixed income, like Dion was noting, Mm -hmm. they're fixed income. And so they'll probably be there forever. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're very nice people. They're very easy to deal with. And I, they listen. I say, listen, I've never lived in the unit. We just redid it. Send me an email with a list of everything. And then we'll work through that list. Life safety. We're going to be there within 24 hours. Everything else, 
we're going to have to get it scheduled, but we will get down and get through it. Mm -hmm. So they've been fantastic in that regard. I think what was really interesting is, is that the people that aren't, the people that are in their thirties with kids are the biggest nightmare. They, they're, they are noise. And I, and we did references. We did, we did all of the same, all the things we didn't cut any corners. We did exactly the way we qualify a normal tenant. I get noise complaints. I get smoking complaints. I get weed complaints. Mm. I know for a fact that they've taken the, the fire, uh, the smoke detectors. Mm -hmm. That's a felony in my state to mess with that. So, and I don't want to get them in trouble, but I also want to save their life. And so I'm like, that has to go back up and you have to walk your ass outside and smoke because this is a non-smoking unit. And that's what the lease said. So they knew when they signed the lease that they, so now it, the step is I will rent to someone that smokes. I won't rent to someone that smokes inside. That's the rule. Right. So they're not just not following through. So, so far, what, so far my experience has been, I think I have a few tenants that will probably be with me for 10, 15, 20 years. What's very interesting is two units uh, that were section eight, I raised the rent on and both of them left. Okay. Which I thought was interesting. But this is, and I'm not sure if you guys found this with units that you had for section eight, but Mm -hmm. they were in units paying $1,100 for a two bedroom. And the standard is the, the, um, the standard and one, it was a three bedroom unit. They were paying 11, 1100 a month. The standard is 1793. The landlord had not raised it in five years. And so then I finally said to them, I said, Hey, all due respect, I have to raise it just to what the, what, what section eight allows me to raise it to. And she's like, well, that means we're going to leave. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm not helping you pack, but see you later. Yeah, so there's um, a couple couple, couple things I want to say about the Section 8 program because I've, I've had hundreds of tenants. Mm-hmm. I've had five horrific tenant stories in 21 years. Three were cash, two were Section 8. It happens. Uh, it's more of a person than a p- program or payment. or where it's, it's not about where the money comes from to me. It's about the tenant. Sometimes, you, you know, like my first tenant, I wrote about it in my book. You get divorced and you become an alcoholic. Didn't matter where the income was coming from. Would have happened either way. Um, but one of the things that um, maybe, Matt, you, you can be stronger with, and maybe you have, maybe you haven't, but something that uh, we are certainly not afraid to do in our Section 8 portfolio is when the contract is signed, the tenant signs up to behave a certain way. Mm-hmm. And when we see performance that is against our lease and against performance, we call Section Eight. We have a point of contact. We have we have more than a couple yep. of units, yep. and um, Section Eight then sends somebody out to go have a conversation with them. Because again, yep. if they if we evict a Section Eight tenant, do you know what happens to the tenant? They get off. They get thrown off the program. They get, get back on a waiting list if they're lucky. It, yeah. No, well, in California, the, it's a one it's a one strike you're out. If we evict yeah. them, Same they're thrown out <clears> of the program. Yep. Same here. So that's a stick that I'm not against using and, and yeah. probably use 10 times a year. Yeah. And now part of that's because we have a decent portfolio and you know all sure. of that, I get it. But I think you could also, I, that's the difference between I think maybe self-management and paying a property manager. You, mm-hmm. you go have those conversations and you want to, I'm like, I think 
you know, like smoking inside or weed or nose complaints. I'm like, what, what, one conversation, two strikes, we're going to go to section eight. And yeah. they either figure it out. Sometimes what will happen is the tenant will actually basically leave on their own because they know that their kids aren't going to be quiet and they're, you know, one phone call away from being evicted. So they'll just pack up and leave, right? We're going to go somewhere else. Great. Thumbs up. We'll get somebody else. Mm-hmm. So, you know, being new to the program, realize realize you have you have a you have the trump card sure and, and maybe it's the nice because again if you have a section eight like the one that always takes the tenant side i just wouldn't rent there you right. need, i don't you need to be fair yes right we we do all these things health and safety all those I, I get it but the tenant has to perform and it's not about payment because some of my tenants pay zero well, that's exactly right. I mean, I, we, you know, we have, we have a lot, you know, we do have that where we have that they have zero contribution yeah. or out of like $2,000, they have a $50 contribution. I evicted one guy, Matt, for uh, lease violations. He owed a dollar a month. I don't play. I just, cause yeah. your, your rent's a dollar a month doesn't give you rights to be a jerk and impact the other 10. That's neighbors. right. That's exactly it. Yeah. I evicted. Exactly he didn't, it. he didn't think I would. I spent 2000 bucks to evict him. And probably three thousand dollars to repair his unit, which makes no financial sense. But you want to play, and you know he's not. He's no longer in the Section Eight program. He he lost because he was. He thought he uh, he thought he had to get out of jail free card. Didn't play. Yeah. Having a Section Eight program to call is a powerful tool. Yes. It also exists in the military world. It they does. have a chain of command, yep. and so I've never had to call a chain of command. But mentioning. I can call your chain of command if this doesn't resolve itself. Same with Section 8. They actually, in my area, they, they send a state worker out who inspects the property once a year. Mm-hmm. And I've had owners say, oh, that's scary. I'm like, no. I like that it. Makes, that tenant knows the inspection's coming. Everything's great. That's right. So here's two quick tips that would call, will help anybody who wants to work with the Section 8 program, even if it's just a portion of your portfolio. First, the binder method can work on Section 8. I'm not saying it will. Your county de- de- depends on this. But I have an area where the maximum for Section 8 was $1,800. I showed comps via email. So this is not the binder where I go sit with an agent and go, look, hey, here's the, the binder method. But normally I get the tenants to request a rent increase. I got the housing authority to say, 1800 is our max for this county, for this type of tenant. But based on these comps that I can show my boss, you're now at $2,200 a month. Right. They're paying more than their maximum that's on their website. It happens. Because the binder method worked. And the second thing, when you get a property approved for Section 8, they're going to send an inspector out. They want to make sure that each room that is a bedroom qualifies for being at least 100 square feet, having a closet, two ways in and out, source of heat, and in some areas, maybe a source of cool, possibly. Not in my area, because it's always cold here. But if they find any deficiencies, you had to schedule that appointment. Yeah, They're going to give you a list of that fan is loose, that window doesn't operate right, whatever it is. They go to leave. Before that inspector leaves, get a business card and ask for their email. Mm-hmm. Instead of setting up a second inspection where they might be two, three weeks out to come back and approve your, your rental, ask if you can take a video mm-hmm. of the repairs once completed, send an email, and that'll cut two to three weeks off of you getting qualified because time matters when we're looking at putting a tenant in a rental. Absolutely. So hopefully that helps people looking to use Section 8. Great advice. And with that, Dion, where can people find you? Right here on YouTube, Dion Talk Financial Freedom. Live streams are every Tuesday where I start at 4 p.m. Pacific and it lasts until the questions end, like uh, three hours and 45 minutes this week. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, I watched the whole thing. Start to finish, it was great.
And then at the end, that was even which was more entertaining. (laughs) That hurt my my throat. Actually, started to get red just (laughs) thinking about that. Uh, And Matt, where can people find you? Lumberjack Landlord on YouTube and Lumberjack Landlord on Instagram. Daily updates. Awesome. Thanks, guys.